Hey, you, are you are you tired of not being as cool as the Throbbing Crew and also tired of not having t-shirts? Now you can fix both those problems and maybe find love. I don't know, who knows? Order your Throbbing with Horror merch exclusively on tpublic.com right now. Just go to www.tpublic.com and search for Throbbing with Horror in the search bar. You know how the internet works. We got, we got a lot of stuff on there. Shirts for the whole family. Got mugs. We got stickers. We got phone cases. That's a lot of stuff. And so much more. Everything you'll need to survive the oncoming apocalypse because, you know, you can beat zombies with a mug or something. Use your imagination. Best of all, with every shirt purchased, we'll donate one punch to intern Corey. Because fuck that guy. So order your Throbbing with Horror merch today and help me, Brandon from the Black Lagoon, fulfill my lifelong dream of punching intern Corey in the face. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it, guys, I swear. Throbbing with Horror does not condone violence of any kind outside of cinematic media. Go to tpublic.com right now and be as cool as Brandon from the Black Lagoon and order your stuff today. Hey, Corey, I just got a t-shirt. Look at it. <laughs> Fiends and Horror Hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good, especially with what oh, I fuck. had you watch this week. <laughs> God damn it. Like, even when I enjoyed wrestling, I didn't really like Kane. Oh, dude, I was Undertaker's always been my favorite wrestler of all time. So the Brothers of Destruction storyline with him and Kane <laughs> is near and dear to my heart. So... Look, I want to make something clear. I've been trying to get this movie on the podcast almost since its inception. Do not mistake that, though, as me liking this movie. (laughs) Well, at one point, because Greg bought this movie for me, so I had to do this. Because at one point, I was at Goodwill, and I found this movie, and I picked it up and then put it back down. Because I was like, Greg said that we were going to do this movie at some point, but I bet you we're not going to do it. So I put it back, and then I got yelled at by Greg of, no, we're doing it. Oh yeah, I went on a hunt to find a copy because um, Kane is a mayor now, which I'm <laughs> not exactly a great one either. But I don't know if that has anything to do with why this got removed from all oh. streaming and it's never streaming anywhere anymore. So I found a copy. I'm like, you're taking this. It's coming up soon. Well, because this is like a WWE actually like produce movie, and you have their app, don't you? Like, aren't they on Peacock or something? They don't have an app anymore, but yeah, they moved it all to Peacock. Even though this isn't a great movie, I'm surprised that they don't just throw it on there as content. They don't have any of their movies, even when they had a network. They never had their movies on there. I don't know why. Really? That's so weird. Especially, I mean, it probably it might be a rights thing as well, but... I'm sure that's probably what it is. But yeah. this was their first big theatrical release that I can remember. Because they were pushing this thing hard. Just, uh... I promise not too much wrestling talk on this, but (laughs) the build-up to this movie, holy crap, they ran an entire storyline about how Kane hated the date May 19th and would attack anyone who said, like, what happened to Kane on May 19th that has him like this? And the only thing it was was to drive the release date into the fans' heads. See No Evil releasing on May 19th. I still know (laughs) what date See No Evil came out on from 2006. But it's almost like... It's Kane, like, so the storyline is he went crazy whenever he heard the release date. 
not they never said it was because it was a release date, but yes. So but, like people would trick people into saying May nineteenth and everything. <laughs> uh, there was a thing where Shawn Michaels put a shirt that said May nineteenth on someone else and was pointing at it and Kane attacked him and everything. It's it almost sounds like Kane is embarrassed by the release date and it's like doesn't want anyone to talk about it. Dude, <laughs> did you have a chance to flip through any of the extras on your copy? No, I didn't. Man, the extras are golden, almost better than the movie. So, Kane went to the premiere in full wrestling gear. And this was unmasked Kane era. So, he has, like, the weird contacts in. He's not wearing a shirt, just wearing his wrestling gear. Still elbow pads for some reason. (laughs) He went to the premiere in that. Masked Kane looks pretty cool. Kane without a mask looks like he's an adult-sized baby. (laughs) Dude, they had, like... All these special features, like WWE wrestlers' thoughts on Ceno Evil, just throwing it out there, having Chris Benoit talk about his favorite murder maybe isn't a good look. <laughs> Why didn't he should have strangled more people? <laughs> yeah, I'm like Jesus Christ when that game I was like, take that shit out. But that's all. That's all right. So I wanted to get all that out there. Full disclosure. As much as I fought for this movie to get on here, please don't mistake that. This was more of me getting back at Brett for a lot of the bullshit I've had to watch over the years. That's why I even told him, I told Greg over text, I was like, now I know what you feel like when I pick, like, Veronica or any of my weird ones. Brett, there's CGI dust in this movie. Oh my god. There's so much CGI. We're like, the entire movie's budget, I think, was saved for that, like, final scene. Oh, I can't wait to get there. But for real, dude, you know I'm always a practical guy. Yeah. I would have been so mad if they used practical in this movie. Because the only fun thing in it is how bad and how much bad CGI there is through the whole thing. Oh, it's dripping with that 2006, mid-2000s horrible horror movie where every one of these characters is dumb. They're all assholes. Um, they're extremely badly written. Even the movies from the 2000s have just this cheap look to them. Dude, they do the weird saw cam thing randomly, like the super, did you catch that, like the super sped up cam? Oh, and it's like, I hate that. I know, I've never been a fan of that. There's only one actor in this entire movie who I can recognize it anything else, and that's the cell phone girl, Zoe, was Patsy from Jessica Jones, and... I'm watching, like, you know what, she is the only one who I think can act in this whole thing, but she's also, it's basically like, you set the world's greatest actor, I'm not saying she is, but in a room with a bunch of chimpanzees and tell them, act out the godfather, that's what she's dealing with. Yeah, and even her character is not good, it's just like, the bitchy blonde, who's like an asshole to everyone, is like, okay, it's one of these is in every movie. Of like all these bad horror movies has like that character. There's like, oh, I can't wait for her to get killed. But you have to deal with her until that happens. So another little background on the movie, something that did not happen. But for did you notice in the opening credits there was an executive producer credit that we're not used to seeing, Vince McMahon? Um, yeah, well, I saw um the WWE thing, so I figured it was Vince would have been in it. Yeah. Now, I thought this was bullshit the first time I heard it, but I saw it confirmed by so many people involved in this movie that Vince McMahon was adamant that Jacob Goodnight, Kane's character, needed to have a 12-inch cock, and it needed to be seen at some point in the movie. Oh, jeez. Well, he does something with it later, but... (laughs) 
everyone's like, why? You're like, it'll be great! And that was the only explanation he gave. And they all just kept, like, putting off, like, yeah, we'll get to that later. And it had no intentions on doing it. Well, that makes sense why earlier, later in the movie, when he's, like, jerking off, kind of, but he's rubbing his thigh. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's because it's so long. Okay, plot point solved. That's what they put in for him. (laughs) Jesus. Now, there is a sequel to this movie with Danielle Harris in it, and I won't lie, the sequel's actually not a bad movie, but it came out so long after, and the first one's so bad, no one has seen it. I have, but no one else I've talked to has seen it. I actually do want to watch it at some point, just because Daniel Harris is in it, and also, like, this movie was horrible, but there were parts of it that were, like, horrible fun, so I'd be down for the second one. Good. I'm glad. Alright, let's get into this thing. See No Evil from 2006, rated R, written by Dan Madigan, and directed by Gregory Dark. Holy shit, that would have been like a runner-up instead of Greg of the Dead. That is no way that's the guy's real name. Yeah, Gregory Dark. Yeah, there's no way. It's like a porn name where it's like, Samuel Steed! Yeah. (laughs) Alright, so police arrive at this old church, and it's... We get these weird flashes that make no sense of... Like, a trailer, and they're singing Jesus songs, and you see a kid, like, in a corner that's, like, in his underwear, facing the wall, Blair Witch style. And yeah. you're like, okay, like, it's it means really nothing at this point, but I just wanted to point it out, because you have no idea what's going on, because it shows you this, like, trailer, and then, like you said, it cuts to police are arriving at what, you said, what, it's a boarded-up church? Yeah, it's an old church. There's okay. like bloody hand marks and everything. I want to say this. They were proud as fuck. And I'm not even going to lie. They did a good job on their set design of this movie. They showed so much dirty walls, nasty floors, oh. smeared everything. Like, to the point there's an action chase scene going on. And they're just cut to a rat running across the floor. <laughs> yeah. And then back to it. But, like, for real, they are so damn proud of their set design in this movie that I noticed how proud they were of it. Well, but this also leads to a thing that, like, I couldn't get over later, which I will get to once we get to our group. So I want to okay. hold off for a second. But the police find a girl in there, and like, what's wrong with her? Like, she's just sitting there crying, and the one cop is axed and killed, and the other one loses his arm to the axe, and then it's revealed this girl has no eyes. Yes, and the guy, the cop that gets his arm axed off shoots the bad guy with the axe in the head. Yes. Also, I want to point out, it's such the like stupid cop thing that you see in movies of like, they break down the door and they hear screaming and the one's like, we should call for backup and wait. It's like, you can wait. Like walking down the hallway with his gun up. It's like, I'm behind you, partner. It's like, God damn it. You have radios on you. Yeah, you can do both. Yeah. Also, I love that we go into our opening credits through her eye sockets. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's so stupid. I it's <laughs> I two uh, scenes in this. I stopped and rewound. That was one of them. I was just like, wait a minute, did they really? Do- yeah, they did that. Um, we get a four years later card, and Frank, who is now our cop with one arm from the beginning, leaves for the county corrections facility. Of course, they have the picture of his partner who passed away there. He smokes his morning cigarette and leaves the door. Leaves out the door. Which, okay, so they're building this guy up like he means something. Yeah, you think he's our main character. 
But later, I mean, spoiler alert, he gets dispatched and killed with, like, no, like, grandiose, no, like, I finally got you. Like, yeah, they wanted to get him, but they were like, well, now we have all of you as well. Here's the crazy thing. So he works at the county corrections facility, and he's, like, all about giving people second chances and stuff now. He's, like, formed a new life. He's retired as a police officer after he lost his arm. And now's where we meet all of our inmates who have been selected for the special project. Brett, the way they introduce all of them and the miscellaneous crimes that they've given all of them are great. Shows a character that, like, typing their name and what they're in for. My favorite is the one guy. I was going to write them all down in their crimes, but I didn't. But one guy is just, like, computer crimes or something (laughs) like that. And, of course, it's the guy in the polo shirt and the glasses. I'm like, hey! (laughs) Funny you mention that. What did you say he was wearing? A polo shirt and glasses, right? Exactly. They're Uh, all in prison. No, because at first I was thinking the same thing of, like, why are these prisoners have, like, piercings and, like, their hair's dyed? Um, they like their hair's all done up and like they went to a salon and shit like they have their own clothes on um it says a group of delinquents are sent to clean the blackwell hotel and they're also teenagers nope they are prisoners because they're getting time off their sentences okay and they're picked up at the prison because i saw them getting picked up at the prison but they i was like it makes no sense that they're dressed the way they are why aren't they all in like uniform like the jumpsuit no you're right that makes no sense but they're prisoners all of them because they have other lines and like the ones like how do you get a cell phone at someone on the inside sneak it in for me later and stuff like that no they're all supposed to be prisoners and that's just what prisoners wear apparently okay so they're teenage prisoners and (laughs) they're sent to this hotel to clean it and they're just allowed to run rampant there's one guard that comes for all of them they're allowed to run rampant and do whatever they want and sleep in their own rooms. And they got male and female prisoners. Yeah, it's co-ed, co-ed prisoners dropped off at this huge hotel. One guard, and that's it. Or, like, the one, like, I think it's the blonde. Like, her thing is, like, um, she, like, uh... Of, she's like a purse snatch and she like steals things and stuff so like they find condoms on her and take them but then she like steals them back and i won't lie i know someone who works at a prison and i called him when i was watching this movie i'm like i'm sorry i have to ask some questions yeah and i ran down is there any likelihood that this would ever happen he's like no <laughs> no way whatsoever and at no point, it's not like there's a like a guard for every two people or something, and you're always followed. The guard, the one armed guard, just sits downstairs and drinks out of dirty glasses. <laughs> the one armed guard. <laughs> he's the only armed one, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's the only guy with a gun. It's like, I did shoot with my right hand, now I'm fucked. What is it, some kind of lame suicide squad? Go clean up? Get time off your sentences. Like, yeah. What is this? And it's also just the worst. This is where I wanted to talk about is the set design, like you were saying, of how great it is. But they overdid it because this place is way too dirty for this group of like seven or eight people to clean. What they say? They're supposed to be there for the weekend or three days or something, right? Yeah. 
What the okay. fuck are they supposed to be doing? At least if, like, you've had them cleaning up garbage alongside the road like you see sometimes, like, you can be like, okay, this bank is now clear. This place is infested with bugs. It's falling down. Everything's moldy. Like, there's no way this place is ever going to be operational. I have more questions about that, but we'll get to them in a second. Because they arrive there. We meet this old lady, Margaret, who owns the hotel. The hotel is more of a hobby for the owner than or than an actual business. There is a fire, so certain levels are off limits, and you need to clean it up. That's pretty much all. They want this lady to be Mrs. Voorhees so fucking bad. Oh my god. And uh, this is something else I remember about that time, because this is when 2006 around the, is when I was watching wrestling, like weekly. Yeah. And I remember seeing, I, I was also at that time, as I still am, obsessed with Kane Hodder, and I absolutely love Kane Hodder. So I see See No Evil starring Kane. My mind immediately <laughs> went to, Kane Hodder's in a brand new movie! Until five seconds later, and you see giant Mr. Clean, bold baby head, you're like, that's not <laughs> Kane Hodder. Who the fuck is that? Man. Also, others extras. They this is when kayfabe, which is what we consider like the pretend side of wrestling, so like the storylines and stuff like yeah. that, was still very alive. It, right. They didn't quite admit how scripted everything was and all that kind of stuff at this time. So in the extras, when they're interviewing the cast and they're talking about working with Kane, but Kane was this giant monster evil wrestler at the time, so they can't yeah. say, "Oh no, he was great. He showed up on time for his call. Never forgot his lines. Anything like that." They're like. He was terrifying to work with. Like we're like, man, you're great at acting psychotic. He's like, who said I'm acting? We were really scared for our lives being in this movie. They had to play it up, and you could tell they're like faking it so bad. It's great. The extras were almost better than the movie itself. Yeah, there's no, at no point in this do I look at Kane and I'm scared. Like he just looks like because he's also undead. Yeah, he's the I, worst kind of. looking zombie ever. Yes. <laughs> but if he's a zombie thing that, like, gouges people's eyes out and he loves Jesus. And he I don't think he's really a zombie. Head. I think He, he has a hole in his the... head that has super yeah. worms pouring out of it. <laughs> Wait, I don't want to talk about that yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's a zombie! I'm sorry, I'm sorry for this one. <laughs> but, um, also, there's rumored hidden passageways, um... There's some of the inmates learned that there was this alleged safe that was never found. You know, every cliche for an abandoned abandoned building you can fit, they do. Yeah. But anyway, Mike, who was the one who got Kira, our main girl, locked up. He's also there. And why did you bring both of them together? All this bullshit that you no mean one cares Dollar about. Dollar Tree Paul Walker. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of, I just watched Tammy and the T Rex the other day. Hmm. So good. Oh, it's awesome. But. He's sent to clean the bathroom. This is where our time frame makes no sense of the three days. Because this looks like Art the Clown would be grossed out with what was done to this bathroom when you oh, walk yeah. in here. It is floor to ceiling covered in shit and roaches and everything gross you can imagine. And like, why don't you start with the bathroom? There's no starting with that bathroom, <laughs> Brett. That bathroom is the three days. Oh, yes, 100%. And also, like, they're like, because he's like, I'll be the muscle. It's like, you'll be the mopper. And he's all like, because he's Mr. Tough Guy. But then he goes into the bathroom with the mop, 
And the only way I can describe him mopping is like, Ugh, I'm too good for this. God damn it. Where's my babe? Babe! <laughs> like, because he's like, uh, like throwing the mop around at one point he just starts putting it in the toilet like that's the first thing that you're cleaning <laughs> so now you're just smearing toilet water and shit over everything now else that you touch and this is our first instance of cgi dust yeah because of course it's the it's already been set up that there are secret passages i wonder where jacob goodnight is fucking worst name in the goddamn world jacob goodnight because they're in a hotel like (laughs) i don't know why but he's moving around in the wall or in the ceiling and the dust has fallen on him he's like god damn it guys i'm trying to clean up here gosh and he like kicks a pipe loose it starts like banging on the ceiling putting holes in the ceiling how did they think at what at what point were these people going to ever clean when did they think this was a good idea because two of them have already gotten in two separate fights and this building should be condemned there's yeah. no clean, there's no saving it. and here's the thing about the cgi dust real quick how much more expensive is it and time-consuming is it to CGI this dust that falls compared to just wiping, like, put placing some dust or dirt on the ceiling and then smacking above the set? Yeah. I know sometimes they do CGI in that kind of thing because it's cheaper. What's cheaper than dust? Yeah, and it's not like actor safety thing because you don't see it falling onto them. It's just a camera shot. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. No, it's stupid. But anyway, um, Kira and this other girl want to escape. They're talking about it. And Frank catches them smoking. And they're like, he like motions to give me the cigarettes. They hand it over. But Frank's a cool cop. He yeah. just takes a cigarette for himself and hands it back to them. They're like, try not to burn the place down. And then they co- then it's immediately because he has like the prosthetic, prosthetic hand. Like, you think he jerks off with that thing? It, that's the most like two thousands. Like you oh knew God. they were going there. Of it was course. like a countdown. Oh, all of these. I there's several times where I called exactly what was going to happen because this movie's just full of like things you've seen in fifty other horror movies. Yes, it's the, filled with every cliche imaginable. They couldn't even give fucking Mister Goodnight a cool weapon. <laughs> He wants to be a Cenobite so bad. Oh, he wants to be a Cenobite? And then halfway through the movie, he watched The Shining. Yes. <laughs> um, the computer fraud guy wants to find this rumored safe that's been hidden in there. And he downloaded some blueprints and printed them out and snuck them. Where in your prison did you get access to a printer and able to log on and get schematics of a building that you're going to and no one questioned this? He's like, hey man, come here. I got some blueprints. I snuck them in from the outside. They've been up my ass since I got in t- into prison. How long you been in prison? Two months. <laughs> I keep shitting it out and have to shove it back in. Then we find out the one girl who wanted to escape, she's a good person because she just, the Frank's talking to her like, I know you got dealt a bad, bad hand and you killed your stepfather after he attacked your sister or some shit like this. Like, you know. Yeah. It's, that's the most, like, this one's good, but she's still here that you can get. Exactly. is one of, there has to be a good one. Yes. They're all in the atrium eating, it's dinner time, and there's, I, there's just a hole in the wall that stray dogs wander in here. 
Yeah, and the one girl was like, oh, hi, Poochie, and giving him, like, her food and stuff. And then the uh, dick, dickhead, like, throws a beer can at the dog, and they all start screaming at each other again. And this movie is just so much of people screaming at each other. Man, here's the thing. If your building has a hole the size that dogs can walk in, and not tiny dogs. No. Like, basically a mastiff walks through at one point. Yeah. How is it standing? Exactly. And, and also, why do you think this is a good idea to bring your prisoners to? Yeah, exactly. And just let them loose. Because immediately they all see the hole that the dogs are running in and out of. And later they're all like, let's try to sneak through that hole. Yeah, rightfully, as you would think. Yeah. At night, uh, Kira is taking a shower. We see her big cross tattoo on her back for the first time. The very nice henna work that oh. they did here. And and uh, this is a part where I looked. I was like, what's this movie rated? Because you see a lot of butt, but they keep doing the thing of, like, she turns around, but her hand's over her boobs and stuff. I was like, I bet you this is PG-13. It's R. Yeah, it is rated R. When she does the thing that, like, whenever, like, a woman in a horror movie is, like, doing a shower scene, but it's not in the contract for her to show her boobs, and she takes the towel and puts it inside the shower and gets it soaking wet to get out of the shower. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, I, won't lie. To... I, do the, I do the towel hang when I'm in the shower, too, but I just move it to the front so it doesn't get soaked. Yeah, well, yeah, you turn the water off, you also dry yourself, it's so funny, because now they can't dry themselves, because if they did that, they'd have to remove the towel, so they're just wet, dripping. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, Jacob Kane is creeping on her, like, spying through this people, and she's instantly like, Mike, I know that's you, but then Mike appears from the other side, like, how, um, who, all this kind of stuff. It's not like you're in there with, like, five other dudes who've been in prison who are, you know, there's a lot of other likely suspects. Why do you just assume if you're there, who could it be? Any of them! Yeah. Also, this is the most disgusting shower in the entire... This part grossed me out more than most of the movie. Just seeing that she would be willing to shower in this disgusting shower. And she's, like, putting her mouth up to the water head and letting the water go in her mouth and shit. It's like, how long has the water just been setting stale in those pipes? It just grossed me out so much. Oh, I'm picturing just orange when it first turns on coming out of there. Just being like, hmm, that's fine. Just let the orange go away and it's okay. <laughs> but Mike does come in and starts choking her for well, reasons? I don't later, know. There's a couple lines later where I believe he used to be her pimp. Okay, I know that... She's who got her locked up, or vice versa, like, turned one of them in, and they have a history together and something like that. It was, like, one of those where, like, she was his girlfriend, but also he pimped her out, and he's just a complete dickhead, because she's immediately like, get the fuck away from me, and his response is, grab you around the throat and throw you against the wall. And then, luckily, until the other lady shows up, and then even he's, like, trying to act all big, bag of tough to her, and he, like, shoulder checks her and stuff. It's like, fucking, I hate this guy. Yeah, he's stopped by Christine, the one who killed the stepfather, comes in, and he leaves, and that's pretty much all that is. And our two safe hunters, the ones who are going out to find this mysterious safe, are searching around, and they find what might be a hidden passageway. They're on the one of the forbidden floors, right? Well, yes, they do a great thing of, like, the one guard and the one other lady, I don't know who, she's, like, 
a, the head of some program or something. I don't know. It's just yeah. like middle aged like, woman. Like it's like second chance program that they're doing. But they're downstairs drinking out of the dirty glasses, and now so all the inmates are upstairs planning a party. So they're all going to go up to the penthouses to party, and the two safe uh, idea people, they're like, come on, guys, let's go. And they're like, mm, we're tired. And they're like, scrunch up the blankie closer to their face. And they're almost like, huh, more beer for us. And they leave, and they immediately look at each other like, let's go. And they flip the blanket off, and they're both fully dressed. All of a sudden, <laughs> it's like they're middle schoolers going on an adventure, and mom and dad just put them to bed. Exactly. <laughs> They're like a step away from leaving a scarecrow in the bed, like when they leave. <laughs> it's like the Weird Al movie, Use a Hay Boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're searching, and they're on one of the forbidden floors, and they find, uh, they're like, someone's been here. They find, like, items like someone's been holed up in there. And they find a homeless guy who I'm assuming, like, came into the hotel's body, and where's it? He doesn't have eyes. And this is my favorite case of bad acting in the entire movie. Because the one goes like, where are his eyes, man? Just like that. <laughs> well, because they find, like, his signs where he was like, help me, I'm hungry. And then he has, like, an entire bottle of booze sitting there. And that's, like, more of a tell of, like, why would they leave this behind? There's no way someone's leaving this much liquor behind, especially if they're, like, homeless. It's like they begged all day to get this bottle. Yeah, but they start running out, and Jacob Goodnight shows up with a big hook on a chain, throws it, woof, 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 sound effects, hooks the one, and he pulls him into the elevator as the other sees. Yeah, and he's kicking and screaming. You immediately say, see way too much of the bad guy. He doesn't, Jacob doesn't have a cool look to him, he's just in dirty clothes, like, Kane is known for his mask. He doesn't have a cool mask on. So the entire time, I know I've said it, but he's just big baby man. Like, I cannot be afraid of him. <laughs> I mean, if you were watching at the time, Unmasked Kane was wild. He electrocuted Shane McMahon's balls with a car battery, <laughs> lit JR on fire. It's actually my favorite era of Kane is when he first unmasked and was on a rampage. It's just mad Mr. Clean. Like, he shows up to this, <laughs> the dirtiest hotel in the world, and he goes insane, and he goes on a rampage. Like, you know what the best cleaning product is? Blood! But it's like one of those old-school elevators where it has a little, like clock hand that shows what floor it's on on the bottom and margaret the old woman tells the chaperones someone's used the elevators they're up no shit they're up yeah like did you expect these people on their like three days of freedom to just go nighty night okay now you better lock your door you can only read comic books for 20 more minutes then it's lights out mister did you brush your teeth and then so the woman gets in the elevator not margaret the chaperone lady and it takes her to the eighth floor i don't even think she hit that floor it just takes her there and opens up and jacob goodnight's right there grabs her by the throat and slams her on the roof a bunch of times and takes her eye and this is the most like mundane bland eye taking in oh. any movie and this is another reason I was like, is this actually an R-rated movie? Because a couple times you see the eye getting taken out. A few times, Kane just puts his hand over, like, her face and, like, moves it around. And that's supposed to be him taking the eye out. You remember how, especially in the 2000s, a big thing, especially in horror movies for some mm. reason, if there was, like, a big studio or, like, big deal horror movie coming out, it would get its own magazine? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had the Freddy vs. Jason magazine. 
I had the See No Evil magazine. Holy shit. I wish I still had it, man. I bet that goes for some money right now. But I had or it. Just to have that framed on your wall so when people come over, they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and they were talking about Jacob Goodnight has razor sharp fingernails he uses to pluck people's eyes out. I'm like, there's not really anything razor sharp about it. They're dead people and he scoops their eyes out, but still. And a side note on that magazine, though, they had Kill Count in the back. Which kind of spoiled the movie looking back on it. Yeah. But they had all the big slashers. And then they had Jacob Goodnight. It's like, however, I won't say the number because that would ruin some things. Oh, damn it. And it said, blank for now, but he could oh. catch up. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're like, he's the next Jason. That's what they were doing. Oh, my That's God. What they were pushing so hard. They were so going to be the next slasher great. They thought they had something on their hands. They're like, we're going to be huge with this. Jacob, Glenn Jacobs is like, I'll never have to work again. Oh, wait a minute. Glenn <laughs> Jacobs, Jacob, good night. Fuck no. them. Oh my god, I never thought of it until now. Holy shit. Assholes. <laughs> we could have had a world where Kane never was mayor. Yeah. We, we should have supported this movie better. <laughs> yeah, I just see Vince McMahon ripping like huge lines of coke, being like, this will be the next big thing. Also, remember the huge dick. He's like, yes, sir, we know. Just calm down a little bit. You don't tell me to calm down. This <laughs> <laughs> picture of Vince is on set. He's like, I've been on set for three days. Where's the penis? <laughs> doing that, that walk he did just around set they're like sir you have to be quiet you're stomping around this is a movie fuck you you're fired <laughs> <laughs> they're like what like he did that big like he would like stare right into the camera he just does that they're like sir there's nothing there you're not staring into a camera he's just <laughs> always in like that mode <laughs> I don't even know where... Oh, taking the eyes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, real quick, though. You mentioned his fingernails, and I did want to bring this up as well. They're okay. so terrible. Because they're so obviously prosthetics they put over his real nails. Because they stick out way too much. Not forward the way nails grow. Up. Yeah, you couldn't have had, like, a jar of mud on set and said, Hey, Kane, put your hands in there real quick. Okay, good. Yeah. It, that, that could have been it. Like it's so put terrible the... looking. But oh well. We're introduced to the jars of eyes that he has for reasons. Yeah. And he plops his new additions to his collection in there. It's and... either in like honey or pee. <laughs> yes. Christine, the good girl, finally finds a way for Kira to escape, but she's not going to take it for some reason. But she tells Kira in the bath in the kitchen, there's a dumb yeah. waiter that'll lead you outside, well, I guess. No, there's a window without bars on it in the kitchen, and that'll take you down to where the hole in the wall uh, is where the dog's running it out of. But so she goes into there. They're supposed to be sneaking around. She's trying to break out of prison, basically. And she's just, like, half-assed. Like, she takes, like, a dirty spatula and, like, slaps the grate of the window. It's like, why isn't it working? <laughs> but she makes a bunch of noise, and then the dumbwaiter opens up. Kane is a massive dude, by the way. He's, like, I think seven foot or close to it. Oh, yeah. He's and he comes popping out of this clearly made-for-him-sized dumbwaiter <laughs> and hooks her in the leg in the kitchen and drags her into there and 
Frank, Margaret, and Christine come in just in time to see a tiny bit of what's going on. They can't make it out exactly. They see something drugger in there. Right. They know something. It's not like she's just running away. She's. They saw her get drug away. So like something's going on because Christine also ratted everyone out because she's like, everyone, where is everyone? They're all upstairs partying because um, discount Paul Walker brought two whole joints with him. These, this is the primo shit, dude. <laughs> well, you also remember at the core of this movie, you let 10 co-ed inmates loose in a giant mansion. Pretty much. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, are we to basically where they're breaking into the loft area upstairs to party? Yeah, all we missed is Frank and Christine are on the hunt and they right. see the brain matter on the ceiling, yeah. Okay, yeah, and because they break into like the upper penthouse and always immediately just shows like cockroaches running over everything and like everything's way more disgusting than their own rooms downstairs. And the one guy's like, this is pretty badass. It's like, at no point, let's just go party in one of our rooms that is, like, at least semi-okay. What's special yeah. about up here? None of this seems like an upgrade from where you were. No, it's a downgrade. It's like, yes. they even, like, they go in and they, like, find a bar. And it's not even like they start, like, drinking or anything. They light up the two joints that he brought that is going to go between four people. And... That's all they do. They immediately then get horny and start, like, trying to have sex with each other. You could have did this in your rooms. Yes, exactly. Because they hang out for, like, five minutes while they smoke the guy's weed. Who the, That guy, the asshole guy who brings the weed, doesn't even get anything for it. Because he's thinking he's going to get laid by the one girl, and she, and she turns him down, which is funny. But yeah, they immediately split up. So you, what's the big deal about being up here i don't know they're bored i guess you, the movie could have saved money without having to do this other location uh, and it's clearly not a real hotel at least the outsides aren't because that's the most cgi building oh. i've ever seen in my life yeah it's like the great wall of china as a hotel as a hotel yeah it's like it's like towering it's huge it's, yeah there's no way it looks worse than that uh house on haunted hill remake house but uh, Frank and Christine find the other safe hunter who survived, and he describes Jacob to Frank, and Frank's like, it can't be. He's dead. I shot him. Th th then where's his body, dude? No, he's obviously out there somewhere. They also don't really, he doesn't describe him, like, extremely well. He's just like, he's a bald guy, and he has a bullet hole in his head. Why yeah. does that immediately lead you to that thing that happened four years ago that you probably thought that he was taken care of? But right then, Frank is hooked through the throat from the ceiling above and pulled up through the ceiling. Uh, you hear some gunshots, and then his body drops down. Like, is he okay? No, his eyes are gone. Yeah, this is where, like, you thought that he was, like, there was a reason they were going after him. Oh, that's the father, and they want to kill him or something. No, it's just a guy that got away, and they're like, well, we can't have that happen. There's no bigger backstory. Nope, this is it. That's, that's his whole plan right there. He's done. And throughout this movie at this point, too, I'm like, what is the deal with Jacob Goodnight? Why is he doing all this? What's his backstory? I wish they wouldn't have said, because it's not any better. No, it's the most uncreative backstory like you'd come up with when you were six. Oh, exactly, yeah. 
But um, back up at the penthouse, Jacob is watching them smoke weed through two-way mirrors, and Kira is taped up behind him against the wall, and the hippie girl and the one guy break off to go fuck, and that's pretty much it. Nothing has happened. Kira wakes up in this cage in the room with all these bodies and everything in his eyeball collection. Okay, I want to talk about this cage for a second. Okay. Oh, yeah, the shopping cart cage. It's made of shopping carts, um, box springs from mattresses and things like that, and she's acting like she is stuck. I am willing to bet if you just push with the slightest bit of pressure. Yeah. One, the spring mattress parts, they're stretchy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, go through. Also, you know shopping carts where you, like, you put them in the cart corral and the thing lifts up to like fit yeah. it in the other carts? <laughs> they have a lift-up thingy. <laughs> this movie could have benefited so bad from one person taking a look at a script and going, yeah, what about this? With a couple things, like, oh, good point. They never did that. No. But Richie, the one guy from the safe crew, is still alive, but then not for long, because Jacob rips his eyes out right there, and he makes her shower, like, picks her up and, like, well, makes her take a shower, and he stares at the cross on her back the whole time. Is he, I almost took that as he was, um, fuck, what's the thing, uh, baptizing her. Probably. You're probably right. Because it's doing like a quick cuts back and forth because he's like holding her eyes up to the water. That's like a quick cut as of him as a young boy having the same thing done to him. And that was a thing that they were speculating why he left the girl alive in the hotel from the beginnings because she had uh, cross tattoos. Yeah. But he's interrupted his baptism because one of his little creeper bells, he has like trip wires and stuff that ring bells, like Jason in the 2009 remake yeah. goes off and he knows where to go and so he bursts through the mirror up in the penthouse room and chases after them, and this is the scene where I was talking about where it's a big scary thing and they cut to a rat for some reason, then back yeah. to the chase. Well, he has, because the two of, like, the one guy and the one girl up in the penthouse are, like, going to the nurse's, like, area or something to fuck on the bed. And they, like, sit on the box spring, which, you saw cockroaches and bugs all over everything. Like, you don't have to be laying down to fuck. You can do things standing up. Why are you laying down on this thing that probably has bed bugs? But there's yeah. a rope hooked to the box spring that leads to the bell. So are you telling me he has a rope, one of these little strings on every bed, just in case? Also, counterpoint. Look, I get you get the occasional, like, homeless person was already established. You probably yeah. get those, like, urban explorer people once in oh, a while come in. A few other, like, wanderers. Not enough that you need this elaborate system. It's most of the time empty. You'd know when someone comes in. I feel yeah. like you don't need this elaborate, like, booby-trapped house to find and kill people. It's almost like he's like super excited that people are finally here, because this is the first time he's gotten to try out all of his work. <laughs> True. But they run from him, they get away, and they hide in this big, like, janitor's closet, and they're gonna rappel out the window with, like, a bunch of sheets and everything. You know. Oh, it's I a guess fire hose. So oh, fire hose. And the guy is lowering the girl down, and it's working so far. Like, it's actually surprisingly going well. This but is another sudden, one where I, was, I knew what was going to happen. 
As soon oh, as yeah. they cut up, they did a shot up, and you didn't see him sticking his head out the window anymore. I'm like, either he's she's gonna fall, or she's gonna get pulled back up, and is go. Oh no, it's Jacob. Good night. Exactly. Where's Henry? Hello, like. <laughs> Juan, good morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Frank, see you later. But he's pulling, <laughs> he starts pulling her up, and he realizes Jacob Goodnight pulling her up. She screams, let me go! And he stops and smiles and does just that. Let's her go. She drops through and breaks through the glass over the atrium thing and falls there, and she's bleeding. And the dog from earlier comes up and starts licking her blood. And then... A pack of miscellaneous dogs comes through the doggy hole and mauls her to death. <laughs> and I know they're all strays and whatnot, and there's a couple bigger dogs. There's also a couple of the dogs that are just pet dogs, because they're way too little and cute. I'm not saying dogs can't be aggressive, because yeah. obviously dog bites are a thing that happens. Stray dogs in a city environment like this is typically aren't man-eating dogs. <laughs> Holy no. shit, there's a whole pack of man-eating dogs running through the city. That would be front-page news. Like, they would have, like, <laughs> hunting parties to get the man-eaters <laughs> off the streets. That'd be such a better movie if, if, if it was, like, alligator but with dogs. Yes, but that's all. Okay. Um, Zoe, the girl who has a cell phone, and Mike are attacked by Jacob by the elevators. He bursts oh. out, but the, they just get away. It's such a great scene, because Zoe, because Mike is, like, leaning all over and stuff. And she's, like, sitting on the couch with, like, her feet up, like, talking to the phone, talking to, like, her sister. And then he's, like, coming on to her, and she's like, you know earlier how I said you could do much better than her? Well, I didn't say you could do as good as me. Also, this is clearly right before the dawn of texting, because if someone was talking on the phone this much, it would be weird today. Yeah. Oh my, I see someone call, I'd never answer the phone. I'd leave a message, like, I don't, and if you call, it's like, I've good. why did you not text me? I hate it when the phone rings. I immediately, like, freeze, like, I stop doing everything, like, someone's in the room, and I'm like a chameleon, and tried to go, like, camouflage. This was me when I fell asleep and you had to call me last week when we were oh, supposed to be recording. <laughs> I was I was sitting there being like debating on it because I was like, I don't want to have to call anyone. <laughs> but they get away and Jacob's searching for them and he keeps hearing these whispers and I said evil whispers the whole time. Oh, and his vision keeps going all weird. Of it's like zoom in. Now it's all like fuzzy. Now it's like super realistic. Now you know. And he checks the room where Zoe is hiding in the closet. She, like, hides under some clothes in a closet or something. And he's like, she's not in here. And he leaves. But then the phone starts vibrating. And is it ringing or vibrating? It just it's vibrates. ringing. It starts ringing. Oh, okay. And then he breaks back in and finds her. And death by Nokia. Oh, yeah. Which, it's so stupid. Because he, he puts it in her mouth. And you can see at the beginning, he just puts it in her mouth, and it, she can just hold it in her mouth. Like, it, the phone's not that big. And then it's, like, supposed to be him shoving it down her throat, but he never sticks his finger into her mouth to, like, actually shove it down. So he's almost, like, holding his hand over her mouth and going, like, Urgh! and it, like, goes into her throat. I'll say this, and it's not even that good. This is probably the best effect in the movie, but, like, yeah. the throat bulge thing. Yeah. 
But they do a thing, though, that I'm glad that they don't, because they shove it in her throat, and so many other movies would, like, oh, that's an insta-kill! At least they show her still, like, kind of moving around for a minute, being like, okay, that wouldn't, like, immediately kill her. Yeah, it's the only, like, kill in this movie where I'm like, ugh, like, that that would hurt. Yeah. Even though other things obviously would hurt, they're done so fake-looking, and I'm like, yeah, sure, you can hook me in the throat with a your chain hook. This is the only one where I'm like, ugh, my throat feels tight. Well, it's like, I play Grand Theft Auto online, and it reminds me of the same thing, because everything looks so fake. It's not like I'm, like, terrified when I'm being chased on there, you know? Yeah. Christine shoots at Mike, misses him, it was an accident, but they're on their way to the elevator, but they hit the bell wire, and Kane just breaks through the wall and kills Mike right away, and the others get in the elevator, but he starts axing at it, and... They climb up, like, the elevator roof thing. Dude, I've seen this in movies a thousand times. I don't know if I've ever seen the elevator roof door in real life, though. No, I'm not sure if I have either. I've never, I don't think I've ever looked up when I'm in an elevator. No, it's that eyes forward and nothing else. And you know what these bad movies love to do? Because we covered Death House. What did they do? They have an elevator drop scene? They had an elevator shaft scene. This movie has an elevator shaft scene. Why do these bad movies love elevator shafts? I don't know. Cheap to film, I guess. Probably. But he starts climbing up after him, but they tase his hand and he falls. And Yeah, they tased the zombie. <laughs> I don't think he's a zombie. What is he? He's just a dude. He's not alive. He has super worms coming out of the back of his head. He just has a poorly treated wound. I think he's just a dude. No, he's, he's dead. Okay. He, has a, he has a hole in his head. Later, they make the hole bigger, and he's still alive. They find the eyeball room and the money walls, like in here. There's just one dollar bills or twenties or whatever. I don't know. Money. And I love the one guy immediately. He's like, "Holy shit, the safe's real!" And he's just obsessed with like he's just looking at the money, not the table with all the eyeballs on it, not all the bodies laying around. He's just like, "Well, this hundred isn't too dirty." Like, yeah, and that's your. I feel like the second he started grabbing the the money, I'm like, well, that's his death sentence. Anyone who does this, they're typically dead. Yeah. They find Kira in the next room over, but they leave because they hear him coming. They're like, we have to distract him. So the guy starts breaking the eyeball jars, <laughs> and he's like, hey! <laughs> like, he goes running over after him. Which is pretty genius, because you know that must be his, like, favorite thing. So, of course, he's going to be like, my eyeballs! Because he starts, like, poking at him a little bit, and I almost think of his, like, inner monologue being like, eyeballs can't live outside a jar. I'll get you a new (laughs) jar, little fella. Like, it's a fish. (laughs) Christine goes back, but he took the keys with him this time. Again, they don't try just pulling on the cage, ever. No. But Jacob finds the eyeball smasher, and eyeball smasher tases him. No. Who tases who? I don't remember. Someone gets tased. He went to, um, Eyeball Smasher, or the good guy, went to go tase Jacob Goodnight. And he, like, Jacob Goodnight, uh, like, reverses the taser and starts tasing the guy in his, like, face. And it starts, like, smoking. And then he crushes him with a safe. The one thing he was trying to find the whole time. How poetic. Oh. Margaret comes into the room where the two girls are, and they're like, oh, thank God, Margaret! And I'm like, you should know already. If you've ever seen a movie in your life, you should know. As soon as I saw her come in the room, I was like, they're doing the Friday the 13th Pamela Voorhees Jason thing. Yep. 
why is that whore still alive? Because he comes, like, because then Jacob Goodnight comes up behind the old lady, and the lady in the cage is like, look out! And it's like, no, he's my boy. The killer is Billy's mother! (laughs) (laughs) She just wanted the call. All of you are a bonus! She she pulls a gun on Kira, and you have this flashback to the mom having this girl tied up on a bed and ripping her eye out, and like, do you see the sin in her eyes? Look, do you see the sin in her eyes? And it cuts out of the flashback to Kane going, I see, I keep calling him Kane. <laughs> I see it. And he throws Margaret into these, like, spikes on the wall. Well, it's so, like, there's, like, flashbacks back and forth. You get a the flashback of Jacob masturbating in his cage outside the trailer and his mom finding him with porn. Where'd he get porn from? He's in a cage. Did it blow by? You remember when we were kids, you could find that shit in the woods. So was it windy and it just hit the cage? And he's like, today's the greatest day in the world. <laughs> I think she locked him in there with it because she's like, look at the sin in their eyes. And he's like, well, I'm sitting in here all day and I'm bored. and This will get me to do something. I don't know if I have to cut that audio of the sound effect you just made or not. I don't know if that'll get us. I did it with my hands. <laughs> Demonetize. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he kills her, and he opens the cage and carries Kira oh, away. And- no, he doesn't just op- open the cage and carry her away. He starts rubbing his leg, which now makes sense of that he's masturbating with his giant foot-long Vince McMahon cock. Because she's like, oh, no, no, don't, don't do that kind of thing. And then he gets super excited and gets her out of the cage. And she's like, fuck, no, God. Vince, this is some good shit. As he carries her away. Do it again. Christine finds him, like, rocking her like a baby, just a thousand yard stare staring forward in the other room. And she walks right up to him with the gun that Frank dropped, point blank, shoots, but the gun is empty. And he lifts them both up by their throats like he's going to choke slam them both. Well, I'll do a reference for those who have seen the movie, but I won't mention the movie, but you'll get it. Mama, baby. Exactly. <laughs> well done. He throws Kira down, but then Mike shows up. He's still alive, and he attacks Jacob with a pipe, and he opens the wound on the back of his head yes. and flies, and what are to be maggots, but are superworms fall out of the wound. Yes, my bearded dragon Phyllis got super excited and ran towards the screen. I had to wrangle her back. <laughs> and they run, and all three start attacking him, like, one after the other, and they push him out a window, but he <laughs> grabs on, and his hand goes through, like, what is it, like, rebar, is it called? Yeah, there's, like, rebar nails on the outside of the window. This isn't, I knew exactly what they were going to do when they tossed him outside the window, but still bullshit. So if you pay attention to that scene, he, the way he falls out of the window, his, like, front, like, his head goes first, and then his feet go. And there's no part that he would have grabbed onto. Like, he would have had to fall differently. But he's there, he grabs Christine like he's gonna throw her down, then they shove the pipe through his eye, and we get the best CGI in the world, Brett. What is the budget of this movie? They spent half on it, half of it, on this falling scene. 
and it doesn't even look good. <laughs> no, it looks terrible. It's funny. You're, I'm sitting here. This is supposed to be the big climactic like ending of like, oh my god, they got him. Like, either you're terrified or you're super happy. I'm sitting here laughing at it, just like this is ridiculous looking. Because it's like this, it, we've gotten like little bits of CGI here and there. Like you said, the set designs pretty okay and whatnot. Every once in a while, you get a little bit of good gore. Now it just like immediately ramps up to like this is a giant like Marvel movie level of CGI of like Kane is like twisting over. Uh, he hits something. Well, <laughs> that's a, he's falling out. He's falling down the building. He has the pipe in his eye and it's going dunk 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 off the windowsills. <laughs> and it's showing it like you're falling with him. Then he hits the glass, but the pipe catches on something, so the rest of them slowly shlock, like slides yeah. off the pipe. <laughs> and then he hits the ground, and it does this like CGI super zoom into his chest, where you see a piece of glass went through his beating heart, and I guess, and then it zooms back out of his body, and that's what killed him. It's like in Mortal Kombat when you do the x-ray attacks and it would show, like, the bones breaking and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so he dies. Our, th <laughs> Our three survivors get the keys off of Margaret's corpse and just leave. And then credits on See No Evil, but real quick post-credits yeah. of a dog pisses in the eye wound. And because <laughs> I got up real, because the... Credits started rolling, and I was like, okay, I got up to go to the bathroom. And then I heard more going on. I was like, god damn it. So I, like, came back out, and I rewound and played it. And I was like, it's literally a dog walking up. You can tell the dog wants to walk off screen, but looks at someone behind the camera and turns back around. And then pisses right into the eye hole. And then that's it. It's not like it wakes him up or anything. Like, how the dog peeing wake woke up Freddy in that one movie. I feel like it's a perfect metaphor for us as the watchers of this movie are Kane's corpse and the dog is the makers of this movie and they piss in our eyes as we watched it. This is at the very end of the movie, so they already have your money, so fuck you. <laughs> and that's Ceno Evil. Yeah. Real quick, slight spoilers for the sequel. Do you want to know how he comes back in the sequel? Oh no it does Kane come back for that one? Yes. Oh, he does. It's Kane again. Yes. How's he come back? He's just alive. Still, he never died. <laughs> See, I told you, zombie. Slaps <laughs> went through his heart. <laughs> it's still because his heart was still beating in this movie. We saw the glass go through it, and it stopped. So the heart had it didn't matter. <laughs> does he get all. a better costume also... in the second one? Uh, yeah, kind of. He gets oh, a cooler good. look. Because this one, it's horrible. They do it a lot better in the second one, but everyone's like, no, fuck you, we saw the first one. <laughs> yeah, you're not tricking us again. We already got piss in our eye. <laughs> but that was also for Count of the Dead clarification. That's okay. All. Okay, cool. Um, Any final thoughts? <laughs> Just, I mean, it's a terrible, horrible movie. It was fun to watch once. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But this one time watching it, it's so ridiculous. And there's so many, like, obvious things that the people don't do. It's so, like, if you're a horror fan, it's almost just a game. Oh, yeah, it's very enjoyable for all the wrong reasons. Exactly. All right, you want to get into Count of the Dead? 
It's getting to the count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. The throbbing horror count of the dead were a tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with See No Evil? Oh, fuck. I have no idea. I'm going to say 13 because it's super cliche and I could see the writers going like, we'll have 13 kills. That's a good guess, but it is not accurate. They didn't even hit the double digits. You got nine. But remember, he could catch up to Freddy and Jason. Oh, yeah. Any any moment now. It's good to see <laughs> no evil three is going to come back. Yeah. Count of the dead of nine. Okay. All right. It's Greg's count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. I come up with that thing right now. I'm going to do, um, and I'm not exactly sure who would be in charge. Of, I guess the Warden. So I'm going to give Calibers of Warden. Okay. A number one Warden, the worst kind of Warden, is a Warden that lets... Male and female prisoners co like do a co-ed thing in a hotel where they're supposed to clean, <laughs> and they only send one guard that only has one arm, and all he does is drink, and they just let him run amok and fuck each other and drink and smoke all the weed they want. And they get about five minutes of cleaning done. Yeah, they like wave the broom around a little bit, throw it against the wall, and say, fuck that, it's not cool, and they go listen to Papa Roach. <laughs> okay. A number 10 version of a warden is the one that keeps the prisoners inside the prison and they keep the male and female prisoners separate so they don't fuck each other. As it sounds correct. I, I mean, I'm not going to give it a one. It's a horrible movie, but there it was so bad. It was fun to watch this one time. I'm going to give it a two. I can't believe I'm saying this. We lined up on this. I also <laughs> gave it two wardens out of ten. Because it was at least, there was, it was cliche, it was like super cliche with so many horror movies you've already seen, but they hit every point where it was like, it's almost just funny. Of like, of course, like, look, their version of Pamela Voorhees showed up. They have a guy running around with an axe in a hotel. At no point did they go, maybe we shouldn't try to like, do anything close to The Shining. <laughs> Man, when I saw this in 2006, I was just so into wrestling. I thought this was great. And then I rewatched it later, I'm like, oh. Oh, really? Because <laughs> this, when this came out, I was super into wrestling. I loved Mick Foley. Um, I liked The Undertaker and whatnot. DX was running loose. Um, and I remember seeing the trailers for this. And I think part of it was I was pissed off that it wasn't Kane Hodder. And I thought they tricked me. But I never saw this movie because I was like, it looks stupid. Oh, you're correct. But a big part of it, I have to say, is me being in like whatever grade I was in, then like fifth or sixth grade or whatever, and being like, it's not Kane Hodder, fuck them. <laughs> That's all. I, I'm glad we finally got to cover Ceno Evil. Yeah. Now I have to have this goddamn thing on my shelf forever. You're welcome. Or can we do like the Red Letter Media does, like at the end of their Best of the Worst, and they destroy the bad movie? No, because someone else might want to do it on their podcast. Yeah, God damn it. okay. <laughs> well, unless you can you have donate else, it. Man. No, that's all I got. Alright, well we hope that see no evil has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, uh, it seems you've survived another fright.
Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else. Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare. <laughs>